weakness. We're starting a new series this evening, and we're calling it The God You Need to Know. The God You Need to Know. And this evening, what we're wanting to consider, which is pretty obvious, is the love that God has for you. The God you need to know. And we're going to consider the love that God has for you. And particularly, I suppose, our title this evening would be extended, it could be put in another way, the four dimensions of God's love. We're going to think of four dimensions of God's love. We're going to read John 3.16. It's our habit to read scripture before I say a word. And that's so important because this is God's word. And God's word should always come first. So let's read this verse together. Maybe you could even close your Bible and say it with me, but let's just read it together. It says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Here in this verse, we find the gospel message in a nutshell. It tells us of God and how gracious and how merciful he is. It tells us about how we can be redeemed or brought back by God. We have sinned and we're separated from God and we need someone to pay the price for our sin. And this verse tells us that what we need to do is believe. Believe. And then we will enjoy this everlasting life. Twenty-five words. And it's the message of the Bible in a nutshell. You know, love is one of the warmest words that we find in the English language. Yet these days, I think the word love is overused. People declare their love for things very readily. This love that we're speaking about tonight, it's not a superficial love. We want to talk about this word love in its purest form. And we want to talk about the fact that God is love. And the fact that God, the fact that God loves us is the most sublime and uplifting and one of the most reassuring truths that is known to mankind. Love is the way God is. God is love. The Bible tells us that it's his very essence. Maybe you've arrived in our gospel meeting this evening, or maybe you sit at home and you listen online, and you've tried so many places in this world to find satisfaction, to feel wanted, uh, to feel loved unconditionally. Well, let me tell you something tonight. At the very outset of this series, at the very outset of this message, I want to tell you, make it clear, God loves you. And the verse that we have read together this evening, it tells us this. But not only does it tell us that God loves you. You see, words can be cheap sometimes, can't they? It can be very easy to say something, and you could say to someone, I love you, but not show them in your actions. Well, I want you to see this evening that in this verse, it, it not only says that God loves you, but it shows what God was willing to do for you. Send his son. It, it, it's, it's something that says not just that God loves you because he says it, God loves you because he showed it. 
This is the truth that Christians sing with joy. It says, I am so glad that our Father in heaven, we sing this so often, tells of his love in the book he has given. That's the Bible. Wonderful things in the Bible I see. This is the dearest that Jesus loves me. And the little refrain goes, I am so glad that Jesus loves me. God loves you, dear friends. You know, in recent months I've been blessed to move into a new home. As I'm sure you'll know, when you've moved into new homes before, when you've moved into a new place, uh, you begin to furnish it, and it seems like the tape measure is never out of your hand. You're constantly measuring walls, and you're measuring rooms, and you carry the tape measure with you to the shops, and you're, you're furnishing the place and measuring things, and it seems like that little yellow thing is constantly on your belt. And it's a slow process, but you're constantly writing down dimensions and different things as you get different rooms in your house ready. And using this very famous verse, that's what we're going to do this evening. We're just going to think of four dimensions of God's love. Four dimensions of God's love. I want you to mark its height. I want you to mark its height. It says that he gave his only begotten Son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. There's a children's chorus and it's often sang in Sunday school. And, and the children sing it, the love of God, it's so high you can't get over it. You know, though those words are simple, they're actually very profound. How can we measure the height of God's love for you. How can we speak of the height of God's love? It seems strange. Well, we must consider the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we must consider how high a cost it was for to save sinful man from their sin. The Lord Jesus was willing to stoop down from the heights of heaven, that place where he was worshipped, and where he was adored continuously, where the angels forever sang of his glory and majesty and sang of how worthy he is of praise and adoration. He left that place of splendor. He left all this to come to this world where he was mistreated, where he was hated by some. He was mocked, he was challenged, and then he was killed in the cruelest way known to man. And yet this was all part of God's rescue plan for mankind. Leaving the heights of heaven to come to this cruel world, God gave his only begotten son. This is the highest cost that there ever could be. The creator of this universe, the one who we have sinned against, the one who we have offended, actually took on human flesh and came to this world for me, the God that I offended, the God that should rightly just cast me into hell and leave me there. He loved me so much that he went and he died for me. This is the love that is so high that we cannot understand. In his epistle, or as his letter, uh, John says this, we quoted this this morning, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. This is the sort of love, dear friend, that gives you the opportunity to become part of the family of God. Imagine offending a holy God and sinning against him. Yet he stands here tonight and through his word he speaks to you and he says, I want you to be part of my family. 
I want to forget you for your sin. I don't want you to face a lost eternity in hell. I, I want you to accept my free gift to you. Yes, you've offended me. And yes, you're a sinner. <laughs> but the Lord Jesus Christ, he went to the cross for you. And you can trust in him this evening as your saviour. Think of the height that God the Father, the love that God the Father was willing to have for you. He gave his best to save you from your sin. He gave his only begotten Son. In other words, the extent and height of his love is measured by the extent of his gift. The lovely, sinless, beautiful Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the most glorious and beautiful thing that God could possibly do would be to give his own Son for you. And he sent the one he loved the most, his Son, to die in your place. You see, God moved in a true act of love and he demonstrated his love for us. He gave his best to a world that didn't deserve it. This is self-sacrificing love. A love that cost the Lord Jesus his life and displayed how much God loves you. I'll say it again to you this evening. God loves you. God loves you. And he wants to save you from an eternity in hell. He wants to save you from your sin. He wants to save you from that guilt that keeps you up at night. He can save you from that. God loves you, Margaret's hand. He gave his best. He gave his only begotten son. But I also want you to mark its death. Read the verse with me again. It says, For God so loved the world. You see, we see the height of God's love, but its depth is incredible. And now there's this word, this, this word so, that we find in the verse, and it changes everything because it reads not God loved the world. No, and that is true, but it speaks of its depth. It's such an important word, that little word so. God so loved the world. What does the so mean? What does John, the writer of this verse, mean when he writes that word so? God's motive for giving his indescribable gift was that he loved that was that he loved the evil, sinful world of humanity, that his love for us was so deep that he was willing to send his son. He loves you, the person. He doesn't love your sin. We want to make that clear. Each of us have sinned and we have done wrong. And you hear people say when you speak with them on the street or on the doors, well, God hates such and such, doesn't he? And you say, yes, he does, but then God hates me. That's not true. Let's make the distinction clear tonight. God hates sin, not the person. God loves you, he hates your sin. That's the distinction that must be made. And God's love, it runs very, very deep. You see, God loves you no matter who you are. And he offers his gift of salvation to all. And the truth of it is this. You and I have sinned and we don't deserve any of the love that we receive from God. And yet he does love us. And it's not the will of the Father that any should perish. So rather the Lord Jesus perishes in the cross in your place. Now that's love. And you know, our sin is deep. But praise God, God's mercy reaches deeper than our deepest sin. Praise God, his love reaches deeper than all our sin. His mercy and love reach deeper than the worst sin that's ever been committed. I don't know who you are listening this evening. You could have committed the worst crimes, maybe. 
Or you could just be guilty of telling a few lies and had a few thoughts about people that you shouldn't have had. But no matter who you are, or no matter how serious the thing you've done, the, the truth in Scripture that's taught over and over again, the vilest defender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives, his love for you is so deep, it's deeper than the worst sin you've ever committed. Imagine the worst criminal can be forgiven by the God of this universe and welcomed into heaven. You know, the man who wrote the majority of the New Testament of the Bible was a man called Paul. And before Paul was a Christian, he went around putting Christians in prison and killing them just because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But then he met God and he embraced the love of God and God saved him. Imagine God's love so deep that he forgave Paul who killed God's own people. And you don't have to be lovable or desirable or commendable or presentable to be loved by God. The Bible says, but God commendeth his love toward us in the while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, in your sin, God loves you. Oh, the wonder of it all, just to think. Sometimes you hear that thing, oh, the wonder of it all, just to think that God loves me. When Nansen was looking for the North Pole, a ship entered deep waters, and each day he gathered up a rope and he let, it, let down the plummet to measure the depth of the ocean. Uh, and that had a different points. One day he came to a place where the water was exceptionally deep, and he let down the plummet, but it wasn't able to sound the depth. And he gathered up all the available rope on board the ship, and he attached it to the line, and he he dropped it again and it still didn't reach the bottom. And in his report he wrote the exact length of the line and then he added these words deeper than that. Are you a sinner? God's love goes deeper than your sin. Are you in the depths of iniquity? God's love goes deeper than that. Are you in the clutches of drink or drugs or immorality? God's love goes deeper than that. Are you struggling with anxiety and depression? God's love, it goes deeper than that. I tell you, God's love goes deeper than that. For this verse, the truth of it flows the same thing. For God, so loved. So we know that the height of God's love, He gave His best. He gave His one and only Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He came from the azure holes of heaven. We know that the depth of God's love, grace and love that is deeper than all our sin, Grace and love that we don't deserve, and his love goes deeper than our deepest sin. But we all also must mark the breadth of God's love. Mark its breadth. You see, the verse says, For God so loved the world. God so loved the world. We sang this evening, Whosoever heareth shout, shout the Son. Spread the blessed tidings all the world around. Whosoever will may come. The world means everyone. And when this verse speaks of the world, it's speaking of every man, woman, boy and girl who walks this planet. My unsafe friend tonight, let me tell you this message. It's included and it's to be proclaimed to the whole world. And it's a message that is designed for everybody. There's no dividing line or discrimination with God. We've all offended Him, we've all sinned, 
and there's no one listening can say that they haven't sinned. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Not one of us is perfect. We've all offended God. We've all sinned. The Bible tells us that. And the truth is, just as sin, as crimes need punished in our justice system, also sin needs punished by God who will one day act as judge. But this message, let me tell you, it's a message that is designed for all and you're included in it. And this message, we mentioned this last week, it applies to each one of us. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 15, if we read this, it says, And that he died for all. See him on the cross. See the Lord Jesus display his love for you as he hung there in your place. And see his blood flow for you. And see his back torn apart by the whip, and the wrath of the holy of our holy God is poured upon his son in order that you and I might walk free, and yet people still reject the message of the Bible and still reject God's love. Could he show you any more love? He sent his son to die for you. He has displayed his love at Calvary. Men today still proclaim this message because it's true. And thousands upon thousands upon thousands could come to this pulpit and tell you this, that God loves you and has displayed this love to you and has changed their lives around. Many could come and stand here and testify of the love of God shed abroad in their hearts because they came and bowed their knee at the cross of Calvary and he loves you and this message applies to you. The Lord Jesus died the death that you deserved. He was in your place. He was in my place. And that there was a price that was paid for every sin that you and I would ever commit. And the blood that was shed by the Savior was for you. And his death applies to you. Can you see the breadth of his love? If you haven't accepted his free gift, what is that free gift? The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He gave us life that you might live. Not just here on earth, but eternal life. Everlasting life. And I tell you tonight, the gospel is offered to you. This message is offered to you. His salvation is offered to you. The Lord Jesus Christ didn't die on the cross for some people. He died for all. And God now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Why do you think men and women are willing to go to places where they could die for sharing this message. Why do you think there are missionaries who go to places where they're threatened in their lives for going into prisons and being put in chains or even killed just for speaking the name of Christ? Why are they willing to do that? Because this message needs to be offered to all. It needs to be proclaimed to all. Because it's a message worth sharing and it could change your life around. Can you not see the breadth of God's love for you? Can you see it's time God gave his best? He gave his son. Can you see it's death that goes deeper than your deepest sin? That's how much God loves you. You've offended him so much and yet his love reaches deeper than that. It's unconditional for you. Can you see it's breadth for God to love the world? He loves every single person on this planet and he's willing to save you if only you'll accept Christ as your saviour. But finally I want you to mark the its length. Mark the length of God's love. It says in this verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting 
plan. You know, the Lord Jesus, when he was on this earth, he said they came that they might have life, and that they might have it abundantly. That you might have life in its fullness, and that you might have it forever. So eternal life is Christ's same. And the verse tells us, whosoever believeth will have this life, the life that only the Lord Jesus Christ can offer you. You see, this love, it isn't a love that finishes at the grave. And this is the beauty of the length of God's love. It goes beyond this life. For all who repent of their sin and turn to Christ as their Saviour, you'll experience the length of Christ's love. It goes beyond time into eternity. His love will stand for those who believe. We don't have... Uh, we don't have to go into a Christless eternity and be lost forever. But the simple truth is, for those who believe, we can have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Eternal life that will last forever and ever. How long is forever? Does it make you tremble that so much rides in your spiritual awakening in this life? Dear friend, where will you spend eternity? Would you reject the Savior who's displayed his love for you? You know, I once heard an illustration. The preacher, he brought a big long piece of rope up onto the platform. And uh, at the very beginning of this piece of rope, there was just a little tiny mark of red. And the rest of it was just rope, and it went on and on and on. If you imagine that rope, he said, and it could wrap round and round and round the world. It just keeps going and going and going and going. But that little red, that little red part, it represents your life in this earth. And the rope goes on and on and on and on. He pointed to this red part and he says, what you do here will affect where you spend all of here. Whether you trust Christ as your Savior here, make your life right with Christ here, will affect all of eternity. And you see, you must mark the length of the Lord's love for you tonight because he went to die for you here that you don't have to spend eternity lost in hell. But so that you might spend it in heaven, worshiping him forever and ever. And that's how much he loves you. Imagine the person who's offended you the most in this life. Think if you find it easy to forgive them. Think if you were willing to unconditionally love them even though they offended you. Well, that's the type of love that God has for you. You and I have offended a holy God. And yet he loves you. And gave himself for you. Mark the height of his love. He came from heaven, the Lord Jesus. Mark the depth of his love, he died for you and your sin and his depth. The depth of his love is deeper than your worst sin. See the breadth of his love. He died for all and salvation is offered to all. See the length of his love. It will go on for all eternity. But dear friend, you have a decision to make. And as we have again on a Sunday evening, we come to the closing part of our gospel service. I wonder, will it be that you walk out those doors at the end? 
not making your life right with Christ? Or how can you walk away from this love that's been displayed to you at Calvary? How can you mark the high depth, breadth and length of God's love for you and reject it? Why are you continuing your search for fulfillment elsewhere? Imagine someone giving their life for you to save you from a lost eternity and to save you from your sin and rejecting it. Dear friend, let me plead with you. Don't look to other Christians and their example. Don't let other people put you off the Lord. Don't look at me because I will let you down. But look to Christ. Look at his example. Look at how much he loves you. Look at how much he was willing to do for you. Look to Christ. You know, there was once a bridge that spanned over a large river. During most of the day, that bridge was drawn to allow ships to pass through. But at certain times each day, a train would come along and the bridge would have to come down, allowing the, tra- the train to cross it. And a switchman sat in a wee shack on one side of the river where he operated the controls to turn the bridge and to turn the bridge and to lock it into place for the train cross. One day the switchman brought his son to work with him. Everything was operating as usual. But as the train made its final approach to cross the bridge that day, the father went to pull the lever and he heard a cry from down in the big cogs that caused the bridge to lower. And his son was trapped in the cogs. And if he pulled the lever, his son would be pulled in and die. The man was left with a choice. Either many, in the pe- many people in the train, or his son must die. And he took but a moment to make his decision. The train sped safely and swiftly on its way. And no one aboard was even aware of the tiny broken body that had been crushed to save their lives. The people in the train were unaware of the pitiful figure of a sobbing man still clinging to the lever long after the train had passed. Now if you've contemplated the emotions that went through that man's heart, you'll begin to understand the feelings of our Father in Heaven when he sacrificed his Son to bridge the gap between us and eternity. He did that because he loves you. And this is the God you need to know. The God who loves you. Dear unsaved friend tonight, the Lord Jesus is here and he's passing this way. And God is here present in this place, offering you the gift of eternal life. Why? Not because you deserve it. Not because any of us deserve it. Because he loves you. I wonder is the Spirit of God convicting you sin? Don't resist. Come to the Saviour. Repent of your sin. And enjoy this love that God offers you. So freely. For God. So loved the world. That he gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in him. Should not perish. But have everlasting life. The God you need to know.